Colossians chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. What does it say there? It says, uh, Above all, clothe yourself with love, or yourselves, with love which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you were called, you are called to live in peace. And always be thankful. So I just want to um, firstly just acknowledge we've had, uh, so last week Mark preached, um, he preached out of uh, the story of the prodigal son, the loving father, um, and just wanted to, I guess his message was reminding us that God is father, um, and his heart towards us is, is always open and wanting to embrace us as we turn and run to him, whatever that looks like. So I'd encourage you to go and have a look at that, and the week before that we had uh, Tim preach, and he spoke on unity. And um, I want to continue on a little bit uh, from from th- both those messages this morning, um, and and continue in that theme of unity because I think, um, yeah, I, just, I've, I feel like there's a bit of uh, weight on this at the moment. Of you know, sometimes, or maybe you won't know this, but I feel sometimes when. Um, when I'm thinking about things or when I'm in my quiet times and, you know, there's a lot of information you get. Does anyone get a lot of information in their world? There's podcasts everywhere. There's, um, you get news media, social media, you get news, you get billboards everywhere. There's just information overload. And um, there are times when I'm, I'm in the presence of God and I'm in my quiet times and, and I, I don't get me wrong, I'm always in the presence of God, but there are moments when, when I say that, I'm, I mean I actually uh, have focused in and dropped into the, an awareness of the presence of God. Most of our lives, I think we live without the awareness that God is present because we get busy and we're into our thing and then now and then we get nudged with, oh, that's right, God's here. Uh, hopefully not because you're doing something you shouldn't be doing. Um, that was a joke. You, you can laugh. Uh, there was the sound of silence of guilt um, going on. Um, that hopefully you're aware of it more because you did something awesome. That's better, eh? Um, but I, I, for me, there are times when I'm, I'm in, that, in that moment where I'm aware of God and I, I'm thinking about something and I feel like God, there's a weight or an, an emphasis or if you wanted to put it in, stuff when you've got it written down, where God highlights something. Um, you know, for some people, you're reading a scripture and it jumps out at you. I think there are times when, in, in my, my journey where I, I really feel like God is putting weight on something. He's adding his glory to something. He's adding an impression that this is actually important for this season. Um, and and I, I really believe that this idea of unity and, and knowing God as our Father uh, those those are really things that God is uh, God is highlighting and emphasising at the moment. I think one of the things for the church um, that we are challenged, I guess, in uh, as as people of God is Paul. So often in Scripture, and not just Paul, but Jesus also. But Paul often, in fact, most of the books that Paul writes, at some point in there, he talks about being unified or being together or being. Um, being of one spirit and one mind. Um, and I, I, I can run through all the passages if you want to. I've got them written down. But 
there's this emphasis in Scripture about this idea that the reality for people who are followers of, Je- of Jesus is that when out of our union and our connection with Jesus as our Lord and Saviour and our, our friend and, our, and that relationship we have as individuals, out of that flows this, this thing called unity where we are drawn to other believers, where we're drawn in oneness with other people, um, that isn't something that you would normally create. I mean, if you take a look around the room at the moment and look at the diversity of people in this space, and you include our young people and our kids who will be back in shortly, add them as well. And how many of these people would you on a day-to-day basis normally hang out with? Probably not many of them. Some you would, but some you wouldn't. But there's, there's something that supernaturally happens when you're connected to God where, where there's something that flows through you that, that draws you to other people of a similar spirit, of, of, um, of other be- people and, and followers of Jesus. I think it's something of God working in us. It's not something, and, and I've said this before, unity is something that, uh, that is because God is unified. He is three in one. So his character is unity, right? And so when we're living in an in, in intimate connection and in life-filled connection with the creator of the universe, there's something that flows out of us that is unity. And, and so I, I, just, I feel that this is something we have to, uh, I, I have to emphasize again. And it does come out of that relationship with Jesus. It's not something that you can force. It's not something that you can work harder to strive for unity. It's something that is. And we allow to build amongst us our awareness of that. You know, one of the things when I was um, growing up and and one of the things that I still see a little bit in, in churches, in Christian churches, and it's probably true actually just in humanity, not just churches, is sometimes we get we we allow ourselves to divide over silly little things. It happens, I think, in humanity. It's not just churches, right? There are silly little things. I mean, I I I don't know the number of times I've spoken in uh, to couples and and in families, and they've gone through um, major relationship issues, and when you unpack it. It comes back to a, a really small little thing that if it had been talked about appropriately at the beginning or if someone had had enough grace to actually go, uh, it's okay, we can work through that. Or if someone was courageous enough to have that conversation right back at the beginning, it wouldn't have ended up in this horrible mess that it is now. Sometimes we... We, as humans, I think, we lose perspective on what is the bigger issue at play here. Does that make sense? And we get caught up in the little thing that really is quite a personal little thing that we get offended or we get upset by or we disagree with someone over and we allow that thing to become uh, magnified to a point where it becomes way bigger than it really needs to be. And, and when you allow something that's meant to be small become big, what it actually does is it blocks your view of the bigness of God. Yeah? You with me? 
And I think one of the things that for us, you know, why, why Mark's message last week about coming back and reminding us about God as Father, sometimes we can get so caught up in the minutia of theology, of the meaning of words, <laughs> that those become more important to us than the unity of the Spirit that exists within us and amongst us. I think historically, if you look at church history and you read about it, uh, Protestant churches are, are pretty bad at this. I mean, it comes from our name, which is protest. The whole birth of it was out of a protest over words. Now, I'm not saying those words weren't important and, and it wasn't a good, we've experienced some good things. But sometimes what that does is it actually destroys something that God's wanting to do in a bigger scale because we've got caught up on a little thing. Does that make sense? Not wanting to underplay what Martin Luther did however many years ago in terms of that. But, but for us, the challenge for us, I think, in these days as followers of Jesus is that we are committed to the purpose of God, which is unity and diversity, because that's his character. If God is Father and God is three in one, if that is his character, then that needs to be flowing out of us. Because if it doesn't, then I want to ask you, what God are you connected to? Does that make sense? Sometimes we connect to a God that's of our own making because we want God to align with how we think. That the Bible calls idolatry. When you create a God in your own image, when you create a God that you want rather than the God that is. Right, I've found in my thinking, uh, just about all the time I think too small and I definitely think not loving enough and I definitely think not gracious enough. When I compare myself to God in the, in the imagery that I see in Scripture and Jesus in particular and how He lived His life, I don't measure up to that. So it's the worst thing ever if I start to create a God that fits me because that makes God really small, really narrow-minded, uh, really ungracious sometimes, definitely impatient, and definitely um, very judgmental. But the more I can open my eyes to how big God is and, and His graciousness and His compassion and His slow to anger and His kindness and His love towards me, the more I can open my mind to that and allow myself to, to see God as that, the more I'm able to build relationship and connection with the people around me because God, when I see Him like that, I'm like, there was nothing that separated Jesus when He was react, relating to people. The people that He struggled to relate to and connect with were the people who were small-minded and judgmental. Right? The Pharisees and the Sadducees who were all about the minutia of Scripture and the words. Jesus said to them, you know, your problem is you strain out a gnat, but you swallow a camel. There's a bigger issue at play here and you're more concerned about the gnat than you are about the camel. And in, in our context today, I, I want to suggest to you that the camel that God is highlighting for us is unity. 
that sometimes in our desire to be right, we strain out the rightness. Oh, you've got to be right. Actually, we've got to be together and in unity. I, is that, are you getting that? I want to read through some passages because let's, let's, I've said enough. Let's read what the Bible says, shall we? So I read uh, Colossians, uh, Colossians, Colossians. It was a sort of a new book that's combining Colossians and Galatians. Colossians, yep. Uh, Ephesians, let's go to Ephesians. Ephesians 4 verse 3 says this, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Make every effort. Philippians 2 verse 2, so I'm asking you, my friends, that you be joined together in perfect unity with one heart, one passion, and united in one love. Walk together with one harmonious purpose, and you will fill my heart with unbounded joy. Whew. Psalm 100, just, just in case you thought it was just New Testament. Psalm 133 verses 1 to 3 says, How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like the precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down, down, sorry, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. For there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. There's a whole bunch of imagery in there which I'm not going to unpack. If you don't understand what dew and anointing is, don't worry about it. The most important thing, first one, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. And the last verse, for God there commands, bestows his blessing, commands his blessing, even life forevermore. There is something about unity. If you want to go further, Romans 15 verse 5. Now may God, the source of all great endurance and comfort, grace you with unity amongst yourselves, which flows from your relationship with Jesus, the anointed one. Pretty much Paul just said what I was saying. So thank you, Paul. Appreciate it. Unity flows from our relationship with Christ. A couple of weeks ago when, um, when Tim preached, he left us with a couple of, um, couple of questions at the end. I want to go back to them because often, and I don't know, does anyone remember what questions he gave us two weeks ago? Anyone? Open your notes. No one? Some of you weren't here. I won't say shame on you because uh, that's not cool. Sorry you missed out. Um, his, he had five questions. The first one was, what characteristics of unity do I embrace? What characteristics of unity do I embrace? How am I working to protect, to keep, to grow in unity with my brethren and my brothers and sisters. 
because there are parts of that that are easier than other parts. You know, that last passage um, that I read out of, um, out of Romans, it talks about this idea uh, that our connection with Jesus and out of that flows what we need for unity. The other passages always emphasize, I, I love the fact that in all of those other passages that I read, love and peace are in there to do with unity. It's almost like there's this trifecta. If you want unity, it will be evidenced by an increase of love within you, love for other people, and peace. That there's something inside us that as we're connected with Jesus, peace settles in us where we go, we don't sweat the, big, the small stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah. <coughs> because we know God's got this. You know, if there's anything I've learned as a pastor and a leader is sometimes, and when I was early on in leadership, I found that I would stress over and I would worry and I, I, I would do what I could to fix the small issues that were going on in people's lives or to do what I could to help fix them. And, some, and then I realized that one, that wasn't my responsibility. It was really helpful to be able to go. You can relieve yourself of that responsibility, Lawrence. But second, I realized that God is way better at fixing that kind of stuff than I ever was. And, and there was this, this sense of peace came into my ministry of realizing that if I can encourage people to connect with God then, and, and they allow Him to move in their lives, then He's the best at sorting out the little stuff. Yeah? It's not my job to sort out the little stuff in other people. Because sometimes we're really good, and this is where Jesus is even blunter about it. We're really good at picking the speck out of other people's eyes and, and forgetting the fact we've got a massive great log in our own. Yeah? We pick the little stuff from other people without realizing that we have this yawning great issue that we're conveniently ignoring because it's too hard or it's too big nothing's too big for God by the way but we can get caught in this thing and 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 God wants us to live in this place of peace where we're actually inside we just know actually I'm in God's hands and he's got this this might not be how I expected it. It might be hard. It might be difficult. It might be, actually, I'm, I'm in pain at the moment or I'm hurting. But I can trust that God's got me on a journey where he's going to bring me out the end whole and healed and experiencing all of his love and all that he has for me. I can trust that and I can have peace in that. And when I, when I live, and for me personally, when I learn, have learned to live more and more in peace, the more I realize that God's got this, the more he sorts out stuff. Doesn't mean I don't, um, I don't have good boundaries and I don't, and, you know, all that kind of stuff that's actually important to unity. And Tim talked about that in his message as well. Doesn't mean I don't have that, but those kinds of things. I work for unity. I work out of peace and with love towards people. Does that make sense? So my encouragement for us today, 
Let's keep being allowing the unity that God has given us to flow amongst us. Let's be a church that, as we sung before, that works to pull down walls, not create them. Let's be people who are peacemakers in our situations, in our relationships, not be troublemakers. Let's be peacemakers. Let's be wall breakers. Let's allow the the God who is in us to flow through us and to bring ourselves and others together in unity. You know, Jesus prayed that, John 15, that we would be one as he and the Father were one. And that through that unity, that oneness, the world would know that Jesus was sent by God. Yeah? Jesus is real. Jesus is God's son sent for us. Let's pray. God, thank you for your presence with us this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're amongst us, that you're in us. God, as we've sung songs this morning, um, declaring your name over our community, declaring your name over our lives, over our families. God, as we do that, we're asking that your presence in the atmosphere of your name, which is peace and love and joy and all those things, Lord, that those would descend on our lives and on our community, on our church. God, we thank you that there's power in your name. That sometimes we don't know what the answer is, but you do. And so, God, we just, again, say you are Lord and we are not. You are God and we are not. And we give you permission to move in our hearts again. Help us to be the people that you've called us to be. Help us to show your love to the world around us. But not just that, but we would show your love to each other. God, I thank you that you're at work in this church. You're at work in your church around the world. And we bless that in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you. Now, before we, um, we break for morning tea, I just want to take a moment to, to pray for Israel and the current situation in the Middle East um, and the ongoing challenges that, that continue to exist in other places around the world. Um, but obviously, as, as followers of Jesus, uh, Jesus was a Jew. Um, the roots of Christianity are uh, in the nation of Israel, um, what is now Israel. And so there is a close, uh, close relationship there between Christians and, and Israel as a nation. But I do want to say that that doesn't mean Israel is without guilt <laughs> uh, of doing things that are inappropriate. All right, I'm not one 
to do that, but I do believe that this, that scripture invites us to pray for the peace of Israel, of Jerusalem, um, and that that there's power in us praying as well. So uh, at the moment, there are lives being lost uh, on both sides of a conflict that is unnecessary, but is historical, um, and we can uh, we can pray. And so I want to do that this, this morning. Um, if you'd join with me, uh, God, thank you. Uh, for Israel, thank you for Palestine. Thank you for uh, your Holy Spirit present in all of that conflict. Even in spite of the bad stuff that's going on, Lord, we know that you're present and we know that there are believers and followers of you that are closely uh, involved there. I pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I pray that you would bring peace to that conflict, that you would bring res res resolution that, God, there would be an end to the senseless loss of life um, and that there would be uh, grace on both sides. Lord, you, I don't know how you could do that, but, Lord, we ask you to do it. Bring peace. Um, God, we also pray for other areas of conflict within the world, uh, the ongoing one with Ukraine and Russia. Uh, God, we continue to pray peace in that situation as well. Again, we don't know how you're going to do that. But Lord, we ask that you do. Uh, God, for this nation that, um, that where there has been division in New Zealand, Lord, as well. Uh, Lord, that you would bring healing and bring us back together as one nation. Um, and God, that you would work across our world in the areas where there is conflict, where there is war, that you would bring peace and that uh, followers of Jesus, Christians in those spaces would be peacemakers, uh, not troublemakers, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.